Greetings. I am X51. You are listening to the Bullpen Bledens Podcast. In our previous episode, Vince D and David Price only made it halfway through the Marvel Previews catalog for November. Big surprise. We now rejoin our two mental magics as they muddle through the remainder of the catalog. If I hear the name Man-Thing one more time I will purge my data core and seek employment as a humorless ATM. Ultimate Vision gives me a chubby. Okay out there in Marvelland, face front, this is Stan Lee speaking. Who made you a disc jockey, Lee? Well, well, Jolly Jack Kirby. By the way, Jack, the readers have been complaining about Sue's hairdo again. What am I supposed to do? Be a hairdresser? Next time I'll draw a bald-headed. Four, we uh, we go from the first family that we're used to to Fantastic Four: The End. And who's that by? I don't know. Uh, is it Brian Hitch? <laughs> oh no, because because this this art is much more prettier to look at. Oh, I don't Brian know. Hitch. I think that looks a lot like Brian Hitch. No, the lines a little bit more <laughs> more fluid. Ah. Hitch is good. Hitch is good. I'm not. I'm not disputing that. I mean, for someone who who used to be very in a style very similar to this man, he's he's grown by leaps and bounds, and I think he's great on what he does. I, I love the Ultimates. However, it's Alan Davis, man. I mean, I just come on. I mean, and it's it's Alan Davis on Fantastic Four. I haven't. I have not. I have. The issues that he did with the hero's return, which I think might have been all of three, so um, I've been I've been waiting to see him on on Fantastic Four again. I, this this art, oh, I, I can't even words can't express it. it, it this is just I'm, I'm at a loss. It renders you speechless. How about that? It really that? does, which is great for a podcast because you know I, people can't see my hands waving about and you know me jumping up and down. So uh, you know, but. And even even this the the little in the inset with with the black and white rough cut cover even even the black and white looks gorgeous. We might as well be topical while we're at it. Uh, today, Mr. Alan Davis was uh, it was announced that he has now extended his exclusive contract with Marvel. Me so happy. Yeah, and that he'll be um, returning to the clandestine um, property, which was really cool. Um, Which now now gives me a reason to actually go back and and get those because I um every time I go to his website I keep clicking on those covers and and clicking on anything that um any little blurbs or or uh, or write ups he did regarding 
that series and 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 I've I've been interested in a long time in reading it. I've I, I should have been on the lookout for it, see if anybody had it back in Chicago. But uh, any any news as to whether or not they'll they'll collect the original clandestine in order to uh, get everybody psyched for for the new series? Well, I guess it really depends on how well the book does. I'm sure if it sells, you know, Buku, they'll be they'll jump at the chance to collect it. But um, I remember the clandestine X-Men being really good. And, uh, I mean, the team has that off-kilter kind of flavor that the Captain Britain characters did. Mm-hmm. That wacky. But, it, I mean, it has a little bit of an X-Men feel to it, too. Which, I mean, you can't go wrong there. No. No, definitely not. Uh, I, can, I can hope that maybe then we'll also see some covers by him. Just, just from other, uh, on other titles. Oh, you can always hope. I can always hope. Yeah. I can always hope, and I, you know, it may come true. He used to, he used to do a lot of covers for, um, even for uh, the Distinguished Competition. He did some, uh, I believe, some flash covers, and uh, you know, as, as far as interiors, these the, the, these two pages they gave us in previews for Fantastic Four: The End is is just is amazing. I mean, Doom, Doom looks menacing as all get out, and he's uh, he's really throwing the team for a loop for. Uh, Lack of a better term, there's just there's a lot of action in just this these 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 two pages right here. Yeah, the man has a very elegant yet sensual style. Like the other day, I I reread the uh, Kill Raven miniseries, that okay. six six issue thing that he did, yep. and he draws women so beautifully. And you you're aware of the kind of you know costumes and stuff that they wear in the Kill Raven series it almost looks like you're looking at you know cheesecake art or you know softcore you know I don't want to say porn because it's not but I mean it's a very erotic series when you think about it and then you got Kill Raven running around in the leather with the boots so it's of kind of, it's kind of like a big old splash of cold water on you but <laughs> <laughs> yeah it brings you right back into reality yeah i i love alan davis um oh, yeah. The man is superb. Just and even the second page with uh, the FF wailing the tar out of Do- out of doom is just really nice. Yeah, I, I'm dying to find out what the hell he's saying. I mean, you can tell something's going on with that one eye yeah. shot you have of him, but you know he he here he is. He's throwing torch up top and he's he's holding on to read with. I mean, you know, it's a good thing he's got four arms to to do all this with. Um, you know, retakes a retakes a whack at him, and then he goes batshit on on Reed, and then and then thing comes over, and you know, I'm dying to see if um, if that punch even phased him because the way Doom is standing there after that punch, Ben might have uh, Ben might be in for a world of hurt next panel. It doesn't look like it did a whole hell of a lot. I think uh, the interesting thing about the choice of title for this project, the end, because I mean, we know John Romita Jr. and Stan Lee. Are doing a, a a miniseries with the same title. So, if this does well, and if Ramita Junior does well, I would love to see a series of books chronicling the end of the Fantastic Four done by a you know a widely diverse group of artists. Like you know, let uh, let Brubaker take a stab at it, or um, say. Oh, I don't know, Garth Ennis, just to try and get as many different takes on the subject as possible. That'd be a really exciting series for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the, um, basically like the opposite of the All-Star line, where instead of, uh, 
instead of seeing a character's origins, you see their endings. Yeah. You mean the all that, that would, the all-star book, right? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right, moving right along. We have Franklin Richards, Happy Thanksgiving, done by uh Chris Eliopoulos and Mark Sumerak. And I've I've never um Actually, the only Franklin Richards I read, I believe, was in a, was a backup story in uh, one of the Fantastic Four issues over the past few months. But uh, it it that was fun, and yeah. I mean, I, I I never ordered the the issues. I think if I saw them on the shelf, I'd, I'd I'd have definitely flipped through them, and I probably would have picked them up. But uh, but it was never a series that uh, that I said, oh, I, I really got to get this. But it, it looks neat. Yeah. It does look really fun. They're cute, very funny, neat stuff. And anybody who would put Herbie in a in a cooking pot's okay by me. Absolutely. Yeah. Next up, we have one of my favorite titles. I cannot stress how good this book has been under Greg Peck's watch. Planet Hulk. You got How good has it been? Oh my! It, it is. It's incredible. Yeah, you know the setup, right? The Hulk is on a distant planet. Yeah. Well, it started in. Um, New Avengers Illuminati. Right. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, well, it, that's where they shot him into space, but it also, the other tie-in or lead-in was, uh, was the, a couple issues of Fantastic Four with Hulk versus Thing. Right. He was, he was judged too much of a threat. Right. And, and rightly so. So the big, the big boys decided, hey, let's jettison this sucker and for the good of mankind and see what happens. But while he's up in space, there's this rift naturally there's always a rift always. and yeah and his um the ship penetrates the rift and ends up on on this planet and it's really cool because the um the denizens of the planet have um progressed to a certain level based on the technology that falls out of the out of the rift so i mean they have achieved a certain level of um advancement and so the Hulk lands on the planet, and he's it's a it's sort of a feudal society. Like they still judge things based on gladiatorial combat and stuff. So he's thrown into the ring, and naturally, you know, Hulk does what Hulk does best. Right. But the the characters that that Pack has created for this thing, and it's almost like a what if, like one of the members of um, the Hulk's little war group is is a brood, a brood member. Oh no, kidding! Yeah. It's it's it, it, it's really cool, um, and oddly enough, you should read this book right now because it will tie into next summer's crossover event, which is called World War Hulk. It was announced today. No kidding. Yeah, Greg Pack will be writing it, and there's this you know seldom seen artist that's drawing it. Um, I forget his name, John Romita Jr. Oh, isn't he a young gun? Uh, well. <laughs> He should be. That that should be <laughs> that that should be one name that never leaves the young gun uh list. Cuz cuz the man is I think the absolute best in the business. There is Are you a fan? I'm I'm trying to get a read. Are you a fan of the guy? Uh, he's a little, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, he's no Alan Davis, but No, he's better. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, but I mean in all seriousness, uh Planet Hulk is one of those titles you, you just absolutely have to read. It's it's all the fun and the devil-may-care attitude of a Silver Age book 
and, and I would say it has the same flavor of the bronze, but without the kind of goofiness. You know, okay. Pack is really interested in, in exploring the um, aspects of war and its effects on the people who are fighting it. You know, you have these internal struggles and these these ec- naturally external struggles, and it, it, it's a, it's an amazing, amazing book. Very got cool. you got to get it. I can't recommend it highly enough. And then we have look at this magnificent two page spread. I mean, that's 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 the Hulk right there. That's what the Hulk should be doing: kicking ass, being caught in these larger than life situations. It's just. Now yeah. is it is well when did when did he borrow Cable's arm? Now is this is is this Smart Hulk? Is this Hulk Smash? Is is Banner anywhere in the persona of of Hulk? I'm, no, he's the Hulk twenty four seven. But so it's just it's Brute Hulk. Uh, no, not really. See when 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 he came through the rift, I think something happened where he's not Hulk Smash. He's not the Peter David Hulk, uh, the Intelligent Pantheon Hulk either, but he's a little bit somewhere in between. He's a strategist in this book, believe it or not. Okay. Yeah, and... Um, I never really pictured Hulk as like a general. Oh, you have to read this then. Um, the uh, banner does show up in the giant-sized issue, but uh, I'll say no more about that. Okay. Yeah, check that out too. Well, if you read this run, you have to read the Giant Size Hulk anyway, so. When Captain America throws his mighty shield, all those who chose to oppose his shield must yield. If he's led to a fight and a duel is due, then the red and the white and the blue will come through when Captain America throws his mighty shield. And now we have Ghost Rider number five. Yay. Yeah, I know you enjoyed the... Oh, man, I enjoyed the first two issues a lot. Especially the second issue with Dixie. But uh, the, um, you know, Tex is just an amazing artist to begin with. If he and Alan Davis worked on a book together, like a flip book, I, you know, it, it wouldn't matter who the hell the story was about. It could be about, you know... Kazar, Sabretooth, Tiger, and uh, and Lockheed, and I'd, I'd be happy. And I don't think I've ever seen a better-looking Satan than when Tex draws Satan. I mean, the man, it, the demon just looks frightening. Yeah. And uh, like I said, I mean, Tex has a style that, that is, is all his own, and it fits this book. He, he's Ghost Rider's his character. He's just, he, was, he was meant to draw, to paint, to illustrate Ghost Rider. What two better men to get on a on a rev- I, I don't want to say revival because it's a little late for that after Garth Ennis's miniseries, but a resurgence of the Ghost Rider than Javier Salteras mm-hmm. and, and Tex. I mean, they're yeah. the they're the two men responsible for him becoming popular in the '90s in the first place. Yeah, and I'm I and and actually to be honest though, I'm I'm glad we haven't uh, they haven't touched on. Danny Ketch in any way, shape, or form as far as this new series goes. Right. I'm never really a fan of... I mean, I've... To me, Ghost Rider's Johnny Blaze, and, and it's Ghost, Ghost Rider is Johnny Blaze when he's wearing the blue jumpsuit that he used to use in, in the carnival. That's that's my Ghost Rider, but I'll take this Ghost Rider as long... You know, if it's... If if I can't have the blue suit, but I can have Tex, I'm happy. If if I can't have... um, And, and if, if I can't have Johnny Blaze, but I have Tex, I'm happy. So... You know, between those three items, as long as it's Johnny Blaze, Tex, 
or the blue jumpsuit in any any of those forms, I'm I'm happy. So I got Johnny Blaze and I got Tex. So I'm happy. Yeah, and I don't see this title going away anytime soon. With, I hope not. You know, with the movie. I mean, besides the fact that it's it's damn solid. Uh, you know, the movie's coming up, so they're gonna they're gonna do their best to keep this in everybody's minds. Yeah, it's, it's one of the like, when when that when I get my books for the week, even if it's a couple of weeks before I get to the shop again. If Ghost Rider came in, it's pretty much. I I want to say it, it very well could be the maybe Daredevil, but Ghost Rider is pretty much the first book I read if if it comes out in in my uh, when I get my stack from the shop. Yeah, me too. There's just it's a devil may care book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. And then we have Heroes for Hire, which I well, you can I, have Heroes for Hire. Yeah, I know nothing about it other than I'm very familiar with the characters. Now I I really enjoyed Kari Evans's art on the miniseries because yeah. she she has a really emotional line quality about her and and she renders women like woo crazy Nobody's business yeah, yeah the, the I love the way she made uh, Colleen with the little pout she has on her <laughs> oh yeah. man but see this piece of art by Billy Tucci I, I'm a sucker for line and there ain't too much line in that. Well, I'm I I'm just you know I'm I'm worried that they're going to trip over each other. They're 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 almost like arm in arm with this Laverne and Shirley kind of thing going on, and and I'm just the way they are walking, it, it's almost like they're taking a sobriety test, like walk in a straight line and don't fall. Yeah, I mean that's a six pack I wouldn't mind popping open, but <laughs> you know I when the color art obscures the line to the point of this, yeah, it, it just doesn't do it for me. You're you right. Know? Iron Fist by David Aja. Asia? Aja? I, I think Aja. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking because I think that's what Brubaker said in uh in the Around Comics interview. And this is a book I'm really looking forward to. I've I've yeah, always been a as am I. a big fan of Iron Fist, Danny Rand and I mean that's a powerful image they got going on there. And it's it's a very um Legend of Kung Fu with, with the pants. Mm-hmm. With, with the baggy pants and uh and I think I, you know what I, I think he's really got the, the body of Danny Rand down because this isn't going to be some super bulked up figure or character. This is, you know, this is someone who's who's very athletic, you know, kind of like a swimmer's body, just but and and you know, extremely muscular where 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 he is, and it's it's a like you said, it's, it's a striking image. It's 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 a beautiful rendition. I mean, how can you go wrong with the team of Ed Brubaker and Matt Fraction? I Hopefully mean, you can't. Oh, um, if anybody's not reading uh, Casanova, you should rectify that problem immediately. Absolutely. You, the best value for your dollar... I was just going to say that. You can't get a bigger bang for your buck. I mean, it's, it's $1.99. Yeah, a little more if you're in Canada. But it's uh, is it 16, 24 pages of yeah. 16, I think, or 18... It, Either way, it's it's a slightly smaller page count than your traditional thirty-two page comic. But it's, it the, seems like forty-eight pages to me. Really it does. You can't you you can't read that if if you can kind of skim through like an issue of you know X Men or Cable and Deadpool. If you can kind of like flip through one of those books and you're done in like fifteen minutes, I dare you to try that with Casanova. You're because you're going to be doing that at least three times. Oh yeah. I, I've I've read each issue multiple times because I mean it's it's so dense and thick. You gotta have a block of time set aside for it. Yeah, Casanova is not the first book you're going to read 
when you come home from the shop that no. week because you're gonna be like, okay, you know, when I when I I gotta get ready to read this, and that and I and I mean that in a in a in a very complimentary way. It's a very good thing that you have to actually make time for this book. You get what you pay. You, you get a lot more than what you pay for. Yep. Very, but that's not a Marvel book. So. No, but I mean, it's still a very good book, and we can talk about those once in a while. Okay. Iron Fist. I'm there. And Absolutely. Did they ever retcon the the uh, John Byrne take on the Kuen Loon thing when they were, like, plant-based? What the name were? I, I don't know. I, I mean, the only thing that I was really happy about seeing Iron Fist in the Namor tie, in the Namor run or series was that it um it told me that Iron Fist wasn't killed in issue 125 of Power Man and Iron Fist. Right. right. So I was happy for that. Um but yeah, I think I did get kind of lost a little bit when all of a sudden like we we found out that everybody from there was like, you know, vegetation. Mhm. And that was a a terrible terrible way to send him out, you know. Killing him in the oh. uh, having having the Billy Batson type character go go batty on him. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think yeah. Byrne rectified that a bit. N- Namor's a, a damn good series. Oh, I love those first dozen or so issues. Oh, yes. Oh, that was a great series. A smart Namor is something to be feared. And and, and, and I don't know if, if he was inked by Bob Wyacek. I don't know who inked him. Maybe Austin initially. I To me, that, that was Byrne artwork. That was, you know, he grew from his Fantastic Four days because his Fantastic Four work was great at its high point. But this Namor was... It's like everything that he learned, that everything that he was doing right before Namor, he just applied all that right stuff to Namor. It was, it was, a, it was a, that was Burn at his best, I think. And um, wise, the the choice of putting Namor in charge of a corporation was oh, that was great. was brilliant because you <laughs> yes. know if you can't beat him, you join him. And, That's right. And and like a, a a worm in an apple, you rot them from within. That's you know that was a great choice. Absolutely. And. Next page, we have Iron Man 14, and I could not care less about the Iron Man book. It's, you know, so late that it's not even a consideration anymore. You're right. And I don't, and again, I don't know if, I'm pretty sure Patrick Zercher can get things on time, but again, it, it, this is another, another, another book that's written by someone whose bread and butter is in the other side of the entertainment industry, and that's, that's like television or, or just or movies that Daniel and, and Charles Knopf were um, I believe Daniel was the creator of the HBO series Carnival and which was a great series so I do enjoy the man's work but um, unfortunately I, I I have not been reading Iron Man even when they relaunched it with Ellis and and Granov I I wasn't reading it then you know I think I got to be in the mood to read about Tony Stark or or Iron Man and lately I haven't been and more so because of Civil War because I just I haven't liked his attitude because I don't agree with his stance exactly so that's a personal point but it's still personal enough where I'm not reading the book right and then on the next page we have a book that uh, I can't wait to get my hands on every month and that's Warren Ellis's Next Wave Agents of Hate now if oh, yeah. the, if there's a more intelligent wittier thought-provoking, just plain boundary-expanding writer than Warren Ellis. His name's got to be Grant Morrison. I mean, okay. in my book, those are the top two. I can I, I, I can see that. I can see that I have not read a ton of Morrison. I've read more Ellis than I've read of of, of Morrison. And if... Um, 
am I doing this show with you for? Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> so you can, you can teach me, Sensei. X-Men, new X-Men Omnibus. You have to buy it. I'll be buying it, and I'll be buying it from DCBS. There you go. I, I, I am buying it. I do want to read these issues, and this will be my first omnibus. So that's telling you something, if I'm going to let my first omnibus be, be the one by Grant Morrison. It's a revelation. And and even if you know the Grant Morrison part of it doesn't float your boat, Frank Quitely, Chris Bacallo, oh, good God. What more do you need? Well, we can talk about it when we get to that page. And we Well, we should. But uh, next wave agents of hate, our um, mascot would not be pleased if you did not get this book. We don't want. No, this is true. Yeah, we don't want to take off X fifty one. No. But um, Eminem, excellent, excellent designer. He, I mean, he's everything. He's a graphic designer and he's an illustrator, and he's he's just everything rolled into one. This book is a joy. It's got Monica Rambeau in it. And you know, next wave makes me laugh out loud. Ooh. Just, I praise indeed. He Warren Ellis is a pisser. Marvel sixteen oh two, Fantastic Four. I have yet to get the first issue, so I really can't comment on this. It's it's coming in my DCBS box, but okay. um, if there was ever a uh, a factor that would cause me to lay good money on the fact that it would be good, it's Peter David. I'd agree with that. Yeah. So have um, have we seen anything else from from Pascal Leaks? I did a little bit of work for the guys down the street. Um, oh, okay. So now he's finally he's finally made it to the big leagues. Oh, sure. You know, he's got out of the gutter, and now he's... Uh, he... <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> All right. Next page, I can't say that I'm too interested in any of those. The, I'm a uh, taken aback by Spidey's pose as he's hanging 10 off the juggernaut. He's kind of built like a linebacker there a little bit. Yeah, and that's Sean Chen too. Because that don't Cause look... that Wolverine doesn't look like Sean Chen. No. Maybe this is one of those not final cover art deals. Could be. Because Juggernaut's he... helmet looks a little like it's a little loose too. <laughs> I'm just picking on this person, yeah. and I don't mean to. Whatever the so case. We'll, we'll... <laughs> what is that? Uh, what is that Marvel Adventures cover? Who's 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 that work remind you of? Umberto Ramos. I'd go along with that too. Yeah. Yep. It's a pretty Got some skinny ass ankles though. Yeah. <laughs> Snap. How does he stand on those? It, it's a pretty neat cover. I, I like the perspective. Yeah, I do too. Very neat. I always, I always, I always get vertigo when I see Spidey in action, upside down, hanging by you know the threads and just you know flinging through the city. I'm not one to do this, but I may actually buy that for the cover. That's a pretty cool cover. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. I like that a lot. I can dig it. And um, you know, and uh, again, the, I only dip into the Marvel Adventures Spider-Man when um, someone works on them that you know we're aware of, like Mike Norton's. Okay, uh, absolutely. Were, and and he did an issue with who? Man Thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a, a, a you know a no-brainer on a lot of levels for me. Um, and then again, Marvel Adventures, Fantastic Four. Nah, don't think so. I, no. I, I you know, I'm pretty much a sucker for the FF, but I'll I'll leave the uh, Adventures books to those who uh, for, to the target audience. I I don't need okay. to read them. We have my wife's and Bruce Rosenberger's from Comics Cast, favorite artist. Actually, not really. Uh, anybody that that knows either person will know that. Um, 
they're not super huge fans of David Finch. But I like the Spider-Man on this cover of Moon Knight number seven. Was that Spider-Man and Ragman that teaming up there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, ouch! Yeah, I'm not a huge Finch fan either. Again, it just brings me back to those image days where I don't want to be. And you see, the thing is, on in the New Avengers trade, Volume One, I thought his art was really great in a lot of spots. It, 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 there weren't too many, even you know when they were in the Savage Land, when everybody was on the raft. I liked Finch's work in that book, in that trade. But you're extremely, you're very right. The uh, the Moon Knight series has, has this very imageified look to it and in the first issue where he was fighting Chapel or I'm sorry not Chapel whoever uh, whoever the Marvel version is of, of that Liefeld McFarlane character the um, there's just the, the flowing cape and, and, and the grimaces on everybody and, and all the lines that really didn't seem to be necessary it's, it's I, I know he can do really 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 good work he can do some great work, but I haven't really seen it in this Moon Knight series. I, I don't mind the Spider-Man. I think the Spider-Man's pretty good. Spider-Man looks great. I, I, I get that Spider-Man as a tattoo, actually. Yeah, that sinewy, really like that looking like he's ready to spring in any second. Absolutely. That, that's pretty cool. It's the rest of it I'm not too crazy about. Although, I think Danny Mickey does a lot for this image. Okay. I, I really like his style. Yeah, Mickey's come a long way. Oh I, boy, I, I, I remember him from back in the day, and um, he's he's grown by leaps and bounds. He, he's an inker that I that I would actually look forward to on a book. I think he's um, one of those uh, inkers of choice now. Certain pencilers, oh, I love that if that's yeah, true. would request that's his presence. Yeah, he does a lot of covers. He's good. Yeah, yeah and, and uh, speaking of good, we have. Uh, on the next page, Mike Waringo. Now uh, you're talking good. Oh, you're talking really, really good. Sweet, sweet women. Look at that. Tony Stark makes you feel he's a cool exec with the hottest steel. And Iron Man all jets ablaze. He's fight and slight with the culture race. I haven't read any of the Ms. Marvel yet. Nor have I. I. I appreciated the Cho covers a lot. Oh, yeah. Again, not a, a character that, you know, flips any switches with me. So. I mean, she's... I guess, okay, she was Ms. Marvel, and then Rogue took her powers, and then she's binary, and now she... You know, so, I mean, I just... I don't know who's who. She's got a nice costume. Oh, yeah. And Busick did a lot of good things with that character in his Avengers run. He, okay. he, yeah, he put her through a lot of hard times, and she came back, and you know she was even stronger for it. And you know, I res, I respected the character a bit because of what she uh, overcame. But you know, outside of the Avengers, I'm not going to make a conscious effort to pick up a Ms. Marvel book. Okay. And here we have, I think, uh, one of the other no-brainers of the book is uh, New Avengers 26. Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, and I, I'm looking at the cover, and she's um, she's got some childbearing hips, even for someone who um, willed her kids to life. She is kind of attractive there. She needs to condition a little bit more, though. 
she got and some maybe lay off the rouge. Yeah, she got some split ends working on that, but definitely the yeah, split ends. Uh, yeah. If I saw that waiting at the end of the hallway for it, uh, <laughs> I'd keep walking. Oh, you betcha, brother. <laughs> um, but uh, my, Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Malev, come on, and uh, we get uh, the return of two long lost. Well, not long lost, but two nice amount of time away. <laughs> time event. away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Avengers, and I, you know, say what you will about the return of uh, the Archer. Uh, he's a good character, but it wasn't a major blow to my, uh, you know, the, the inner fanboy to see him go. But uh, if they bring him back in in a in a inventive way, whatever, it'd be good to as see him back of, as the leader of West Coast Avengers. That was pretty cool. Uh, I enjoyed that book. Oh, I, I enjoyed the mini, the first mini with with the Bob Hall artwork, and then it led into um, led into the ongoing. Not Al Milgram's strongest illustrating work, but I I, I really did enjoy the series. That that was definitely a title that I uh, another one like Fantastic Four where I I pick it up at the newsstand and read it every month. You know, the more I look at this image, I'm wondering what in the hell is going on with her arms. There, she's doing the Batusi. She got a. I mean, arms do not bend that way. Look at the. She's a witch. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, <laughs> that, that 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 explains it right there. That's right. And uh, page fifty. I think there's a handbook on here you may be interested in. Oh, I think I very well should be. And 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 who does that cover? That looks like a Salbacima. That really is. Oh, it is. That, that is. I I do love that my is. Sal. You got the silver and, and and crimson Iron Man. You got Captain Marvel. You got Cannonball. You got a perky little Firestorm. You got Longshot and Wolfsbane and and um, Daniel Morningstar. You got Mirage. Don't you uh, forget? Sunspot. Don't you forget Rocket Raccoon? Rocket Raccoon down there. You got the Scourge. How, how you can go wrong with the Scourge right there on your cover? Yeah. Justice is served. But yeah, I mean the only thing that really kills it for me, I guess, maybe kind of is um, pop up of Nuke with you know I'm right here. Yeah, but, uh, I'm, I'm sure it wraps around though. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. The uh, but no, I think I'm. Uh, I think that might be five bucks for me. I I I wouldn't mind spending. Yeah, you know, um, Salbacima was at a local convention here about a year or so back, and believe it or not, the guy was doing penciled and inked head sketches for free. No. Yes, absolutely free. My buddy Mike got a J. Jonah Jameson. And I got a tombstone. I always love the oh, character of tombstone. Great. And uh, I mean, gracious. And he, he he did have a tip jar on his uh, on his table, you know, and rightly so. I I, I th- threw some in, but a, a Salbacima head sketch. If you wanted it for free, that that's incredible. That uh, really th- is. To think wow. that that caliber of artist who's been doing it for so long would be giving their work away. Incredible. That's great. Guy's a prince. Prince among men. You bet. Um, Marvel Milestones onslaught. You know, I might, I might have to just at least flip through this because I, um, that was kind of when I uh, took my sabbatical. Was was right around the onslaught era, and you know, so I don't know about the Avengers and Thor and the Fantastic Four and everybody going off to this. Uh, to this other world, um, I was there for the return of everybody because I have the first few issues of Captain America and the Avengers and Iron Man um, and the Fantastic Four. But as far as what happened during 
the whole onslaught ordeal. That I'm not familiar with. Uh, I could say one thing. That's a version of the Wasp I would uh, not mind uh, never seeing again. Ooh. Yeah, just uh, horrible. And and that whole time is is not a good time. It brings back too many bad memories. The, I mean, the art on that book is very good, but yeah, you got Hubert and Bennett. Let's just leave it at that, shall we? So um, then we shall. Yeah. Uh, next page. Onslaught Reborn. I am interested. I, I have a couple of days to decide if I'm sold or not. On, on the one hand, I think that it's great that um, that the uh, that proceeds or portion portion of proceeds from this title from the series of the five issues will be uh, will be donated to the Sam Loeb College Scholarship Fund. I, I think that's a great cause and. I don't think um, I don't think Rob or, or Jeff are really going to be hurting for for the money on this. So um, donating it or giving it to the charity, I think, is is a great thing. And I'm I'm one of the folks that that were there when when Mr. Leffeld was you know starting out. I was there buying you know the books that he was working on, and here, you know, no, it's not. It's probably not going to be the best art in this catalog but he looks like he's having fun you know it, it, it looks like he's he's enjoying himself and you can tell it's definitely a Liefeld comic I can't get a lot from just these three preview pages so I, I am interested to see how how the story takes shape but right. uh, but I'm not uh, I'm not looking at this going oh my god get this out of my face well say what you will about the man the the uh, the open mouth kind of thing he he always does, or the the gritted teeth, or the yes. the the wonky anatomy. I would much rather look at this art than Greg Lance. In a, in oh well, that's because I can I can look at this and tell that it's drawn, or I can go and flip through Sports Illustrated if I want to see a Greg Land comic. <laughs> and and truth be told, that's not a bad thing. On the third, <laughs> well, no, no, no. no. Uh, that's not. I, I'll refla- rephrase that. That's not a bad Ben Grimm on the on the third page. It's 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 really not. I've seen worse. Although, as far as as this, these few pages, I'm I'm getting a kick out of seeing the little little things like um, when Sue speaks, the word balloons are they're somewhat see through, um, and when the thing speaks. The the typeface, the font is is jagged, is is rocky, for for lack of a better word. It it just it everybody's got a fist, and you don't see too many feet, but it's it's not the most horrible thing I've seen, and that may not be a glowing compliment, but it it could be a lot worse. And you know what strikes me as really funny about this art, and it has nothing to do with the actual art, but. Did you listen to the first part of the John Byrne interview today on Around Comics? Not all of it. Well, not quite halfway through. There was one part. John Byrne. Uh, Tom asked John Byrne whether he's you know kept up with the Fantastic Four, and John said no. It's, oh, it, 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 heard, yeah. it's too painful. And Tom said, "Well, Mister Fantastic has claws now." <laughs> and talk and about does. talk about <laughs> prophetic. Look at that. Yeah. And he's right there, stretchy clothes. Tom Caters, you is one scary dude. Yeah. <laughs> you can see the future. Uh, I don't want to think about that. He's a witch. Back okay. up off me. Okay, page 55. Again, Matt Frankchen on 
Punisher. <laughs> Again, resolicited. Well, um, yeah. Unfortunate, but you'll have that. And, yeah, um, and I, I ordered it two months ago. I'll order it again. And I'm, chances are I'm just going to stick with the color version. Same here. Matt Fraction, no-brainer. The gorgeous art of Ariel Olivetti. Just amazingly rich colors. And the, the man's very good at what he does. So, uh, I think so. I'm interested to see how they're going to shoehorn the Punisher back into the Marvel Universe. He's never been gone. He's just... he's. But he's it, there. You just don't see Spidey flinging around, flying over the the rooftop, swinging back and forth the way you know you might have at one time. Um, but it, it's, it's nice to have a Marvel Universe title proper with the Punisher oh yeah, in it because yeah. I mean you have the Max book and that's you know a great title, and then you have the Punisher running around in the Ultimate books. It uh, I think this book is needed to to. Uh, you're right, yeah. Yeah. Aside from it tying into the event, seeing him back mingling with Spidey, Daredevil, and hopefully Moon Knight, maybe Captain America. Actually, there is an issue where uh, I believe Captain America does make an appearance. I believe it's in the second issue, if I remember the cover correctly. You're right. I mean, seeing him back with the with the regular guys in the Marvel Universe is uh, is, is a nice change. Yeah, and it was mentioned in the copy for the Moon Knight issue a couple pages back that uh, Punisher would uh, either be showing up in there or it's a good uh, chance that he'll be showing up. So I think this is going to be one to watch. And then we have Squadron Supreme with J. Michael Straczynski, who it was announced today will be the writer on the upcoming Thor title. Hey, how about that? Yeah. Boy, they're putting him on a lot of... Top-tier Marvel books. How, how long do you think he'll be on Thor for? Uh, the man's persistent. Look at how long he stayed on Amazing. That's true. I think he's going to give it his best shot. I'll stick around because I love the character. Okay. And uh, I'd like to see the character achieve a certain degree of popularity that he hasn't. And I think it's possible with JMS if he, if he strikes the right chord. I mean, anything is possible, but uh, nothing would please me more to see Thor as maybe, I'm not hoping top 10. That's a little bit, you know, too much to hope for. But if we can get Thor in the top 20 and and have him stay there, then that's fine with me. I mean, when was the last time that happened when Walt Simonson was doing the art and the writing? I think the Warren Ellis Thor was pretty popular. Okay. My, uh, I think my squad... Supreme Days ended when Gary Frank left the book. Yeah, tough act to follow. It really is, and and Diodato looks. I don't know the the. I, I can't even really say kinetic. It, it. I don't think it's messy, but it's not. Um, it it doesn't. It's not floating my boat. Yeah, Diodato is a bit of a chameleon. I don't know if it depends on the inker, but this does not look like his Thor stuff. Which did not look like his Hulk stuff, which looked nothing like his Amazing Spider-Man stuff. I mean, the guy seems to shift and change things, and maybe not so subtle uh, in not so subtle ways. That I mean, I had to look twice when I when I knew he was on Amazing. I said, "This is not Diodato," and it, and it was. Uh, so you know, and and even at his best, his his style really does nothing for me. 
You know, so. I think might. I think he might fit good on a book. Moon Knight. Yeah. Because even though even though Moon Knight is clad in a in a in a in an outfit that can give a lot of light, he takes place at night, and I think Diodato does well with shadows. Because he did. Um, I want to say the, uh, the vampire books for innovation, interview with a vampire, things like that. Mm-hmm. Or if if not those books, somewhat in that genre. I know he did work for innovation, so he is, I think, better suited on a style that lends to a lot of shadows, a lot of just kind of creepiness on the page. That's that's my take. I don't see him, you know, drawing a, a really bright, sunny. I don't see him on Captain America. Right. Which oddly enough. He did the Ultimates Annual, which featured yes. Cap- Captain America and the Falcon. Yes. And, and, you know, it, and again, it, it, it wasn't substandard work. It just didn't light, light a fire under me. Next page, Runaways number 22, Big Doings in the Runaways World. Mr. Brian K. Vaughn and Adrian Alfona are leaving as of issue 25, and it was announced today that Mr. Joss Whedon and Michael Ryan, who did really sharp work, on the first couple issues of New Excalibur. Very nice work. So I'm expecting um, big things from this book. And and Casada's uh, right. If Whedon can't get this book into the top ten, I don't think anybody can. You're right. I think you're right. Not to slight Brian K. Vaughn, who is a, 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 an amazingly gifted writer, but if there's one thing a big name can do for a book, it's to jumpstart sales and... Whedon's got that name. Yeah, I think you'll see those Whedon fans picking up the book now. And and actually, this may actually, um, you'll be able to uh, see if Whedon's name does maintain a book like that because this is a book that he didn't start with a number one. He's picking up where the co-creator left off. It's a book that... Um, with is it safe to say Runaways pretty much consists of characters we we've only been introduced to over the past couple of years? They're not long established characters, right? Right. But I mean, let's be fair. Whedon has had um, what did Buffy run for eight seasons? Seven, uh, eight, seven. S- seven seasons. I mean, those seven seasons were practice a practice run to get on this book because uh, uh, <laughs> seriously essentially he's writing a group of teenagers that's what he did in, in Buffy y- you can you can expect you know the snappy dialogue and the inventive situations and yeah, I, I'm sure he'll do well I think so I yeah think so. I would have liked to see Mike Norton on the book yeah yeah it would have been nice because this way you would have had a feel that uh, that those what, three issues that he did mm-hmm. would have um kind of like been a a trial run maybe even you know if if Marvel got good enough feedback based on those issues maybe um maybe they would have given him the book or at least you know offered it to him yeah and I don't think he'd say no to it if they oh Mike is so good the the Wolverine versus uh Batman sketch he got he gave me it and uh 
he did for me at, at Wizard World is is a great sketch. Yeah, that was really nice. And uh, like I said, his uh, Marvel Adventure stuff was really good. His man thing was perfect. Mike, you you draw a perfect man thing. That see that that's the the sign of quality in my book. Who could draw a perfect man thing? <laughs> I, I have very rigorous standards. Greg Land, bitch. <laughs> Next page, we have Stan Lee meets the Silver Surfer, and Mike Waringo is everywhere in this catalog. Yeah, you're right. You're he, did, right. I mean, he, he did. Um, he did the cover to this. He's doing the guts. He, uh, the, the guy's along fin- with your other boy. Oh, Pasquale. Good, uh, how could you say no to this? Written by Stan Lee. You know, he's done a couple comics. Paul yeah, Jen- yeah. Paul, <laughs> Paul Jenkins. Extremely. Paul Jenkins should pay me to buy this book after the bastard made me drink those cement mixer. But oh, the let it go. <laughs> <laughs> Not letting it go. There's always next year. Revenge will be mine. The uh, I've I've picked up or I've ordered. I have yet to actually get one of the issues yet. But I've I've ordered all of the Stanley meets dot 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 and um, and this one this one looks. I, I'm I'm really digging that cover. The, the Silver Surfer almost has that. Mobius quality from that two issue mini that yes. Mobius did, and who was that written by? I think Stan Lee. No. Oh, I know it was Stan Lee. Yeah. <laughs> the um, no, this the, this is good. I uh, and I did see some of the preview pages. I think from uh, Stan Lee meets Spider Man, and that 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 looked pretty neat. It, it it looks like just a little fun little diversion. I, you know, this isn't an earth shattering. Lives will be altered forever. This is the big event. It does. I don't. I don't see you needing to buy these issues to collect some library for something but uh but as far as just cute little stories that's my main goal in reading these yeah and you know stan has said many times that the the surfer is one of his favorite characters so i i think yeah this this is going to be very good and while we're on the subject of silver surfer one of the other um announcements made today is that uh annihilation is going to spin off into an ongoing series Featuring Nova, a couple of uh, Heralds of Galactus miniseries. I guess one is going to feature Fire Lord and Terax, written by Keith Giffen, of, of course. course. Yeah, you know, I, I think of of Giffen and the uh, current resurgence in his popularity, and you know, think about that for a minute. When has this ever been accomplished before, where a veteran creator would leave the business and then come back? How many years after? I mean, he was popular, and not only do work for one, but both of the big two. I mean, that's it's incredible, and yeah. not not only just you know, work. He's on two of the major projects. Yeah, it's it boggles my mind how 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 Giffen has has infiltrated the industry uh, again. He he does that. I mean, I mean, I can definitely get the infiltration. Uh, term, but the you know even after he did Legion with Paul Levitz, and he did some of the art for Omega Men, which introduced Lobo. He would sprinkle it with you know you'd see the ambush bug specials, but he didn't he didn't completely disappear. But he wasn't always that um, you know he wasn't one of the guys where you were like always wondering well, what's you know why isn't Keith Giffen doing this book? He wasn't yeah. you know he wasn't like the the Perez or, or the Burn of of that time he just he did the work and he like you said he'd go away so then he comes back with the justice league and even though he was doing like trencher 
at Image when they opened it up for the non seven founding members. Um, he worked on Justice League and he had great stories to tell with those characters. And you're right, and then he kind of just not really disappeared, but he, he did. You, you, you didn't know what he was doing. And, and you're right, now, bam, here he is doing breakdowns for 52. He's writing Annihilation. He's he's playing with Marvel's cosmic characters, and, yeah. and 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 you're right, yeah. He's now it's like, well, hey, where where were you? And uh, always there. I mean, he he even has his fingers in the manga pie with uh, Battle Royale. Oh, the, that's right. Yeah, the guy's yes. everywhere, and you know, fifty two's no video jack, but yeah, I guess he's doing good work over there. But <laughs> you know, you got to give the guy credit; he's everywhere. Yeah. You can't swing a cat without hitting a, a Steve Giffen book. Keith Giffen. That's what I said. Keith Giffen. <laughs> Just testing it. Right. Thunderbolts 108. I'm glad to see Tom Grummet getting steady work. You know, Tom Grummet is one of my all-time favorite artists. Hell yeah. He he's just so much fun. It, his his work is so so lively and 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 energetic. I I I and he did a run on the Superboy book that reintroduced yeah. Kirby's um commandy characters. Oh. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh yeah. Come on. God, God, God bless you, Grummet. I'm I'm glad to see him working for Marvel and on Thunderbolts, but I I'll always associate him with the Titans, especially the Titans Hunt. That's oh. a great storyline. Oh man, you are right. When you're right, you're right. I try. Yep. But yeah, Thunderbolts. I'll be getting that fun book, and from what Joe Q says, will be uh, extremely key in the events or after events of Civil War. Um, Ominous. Yeah. Union Jack. I am getting the series because I um, I enjoyed the character, what we saw the character in the uh, Captain America London issues. That little storyline in, in the Captain America ongoing. I, I liked Union Jack. I liked Spitfire. And uh, and I am. And, and Perkins' art in that, uh, in that story was were pretty strong. So... I'll, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to Union Jack. Played it safe with that series. I um, I think I was going to um, wait for the trade only because I the, the name, um, Mike Perkins, I'm not all too familiar with his stuff. Okay. So, yeah, that's, that's going to be one I'm going to 
just wait and see. Next page, we have uh, there's a string of what if books coming out. Uh, the the first of which being what if Avengers disassembled, with the extremely underrated Aaron Lopresti. Yes, I was just going to say that. Yeah, yeah, the man, the man can draw, and he's a he's another one that's that's been around the block. Um, yeah. you know, Why isn't he a young gun? <laughs> Maybe he left his bullets at home. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, he's he's tackled everybody from Spider-Man to Excalibur and you know Gen 13 and he's he's done a couple of those Marvel Adventures books too. Yeah, and I mean the guy's got a really clean uh beautiful style. Everybody has their own look. Nobody really looks like someone else. And look at like, the look at the turd cutter on the wasp. The <laughs> <laughs> See, I love to make you laugh. Uh, that is a very nice image. And I've never seen you naked. <laughs> oh, moving right along. We have um, Spider-Man the Other, another what-if book. That and looks, uh, I like that cover. Yes, it's a takeoff like on... Brooks art. Yeah, a takeoff on the original Other, uh, the first issue of the Other storyline. And uh, there were... To see how the uh, the black costume plays into this, because I, I still have to, I have the 12 issues, I just still have to read the Other. Well, speaking of the black costume, isn't that odd you would mention that? Oh, see? Yeah. I, I, I hooked you up. I just pitched it right to you, buddy. Uh, I'm going to swing. Uh, it was announced today. Uh, Joe Q, again, extremely... Uh, Chatty? Yeah, yeah, diarrhea of the mouth today. <laughs> um, the black costume will be coming back. And, I, and uh, another Spider-related um, bit of news is there's going to be a Spider-Man family book. And, okay, and any, um, they any ideas to what that'll be about? Um, I guess it's going to touch on all um, facets of the Spider-Man mythos because uh, the uh, possibility of Spider-Man 2099 showing up was mentioned. That's what I was waiting for. So, yeah. Tell me Vince is going to get some new Spidey 2099 stories. Oh, it'll be like Christmas. You know, it, that's a book, although it did have a nice run, I th- I feel there was a lot more that could have been done with that character. And, you know, thankfully somebody else realized that and they stuck him in uh, Exiles. And it's a it's a beautiful fit. So I do get my dose of Spidey 2099 from Ex- Exiles. But um, an ongoing solo? Oh, I guess that would be too much to ask for right now. Did, did Peter David write the whole run of uh, 2099? I think he missed two issues. But oh, okay. Just so, like yeah, for, for, this, okay. for the sake of argument, yeah, he wrote them all. Okay. And then we have Wolverine, Enemy of the State. I am interested to see how they make a what-if of this storyline, because the storyline itself was, was, was pretty damn good. I have that hardcover coming from DCBS. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. I mean, you cannot go wrong. Twelve issues, and I think it was... Uh, it came. Actually, it might be 13. Okay. And I, I think uh, it came to less than 20 bucks. Oh, damn. Oh, yeah. That's hey, what the issues cost. if there's a bargain to yeah, be sure. had, I will find it. Sure you're not Jewish? I don't think so. <laughs> um, next page. We have the White Tiger miniseries. I've always, I've always liked the character of the White Tiger. I'm, I am a little intrigued as to why this is a woman, because I was not reading the... Um, 
the Daredevil during uh, when either David Mack or Bendis and, and Malieve were working on it. Right. I remember the, the Mack Daredevils being extremely nice to look at, but as far as what I read, I, I can't recall it. Okay. Yeah. yeah um, the man has uh, a way with um, paint. Very beautiful to look at. Yeah. That's all I got to say about White Tiger. Uh, yeah. Again. You actually see it. Yeah. Didn't didn't order it, but yeah, I'm sure if I, on my Wednesday jaunt, if if it's there, I'll pick it up, take a look at it, and if I like it, why not? It looks like she stole Peter Chris's face paint, though. Yeah. Now we'll have the Kiss Army breathing down our neck. <laughs> That's all we need. Well, fine. Let them download the episode so they can hear it. Gene Simmons invented comic books. <laughs> <laughs> Astonishing X-Men number 19 Mis- like We told you last episode You better get it Yeah I, I've held off too long um, it, it, It's due time That That's like I said Fantastic cover Cassidy's A major major talent And y- You must order this Next yeah. page We have Cable and Deadpool I simply Love Mark Brooks's art I don't know what it is about the guy, but everything I've seen him do has been just so in, so rich, and he has a way with the the human form. I just I like the guy's art a lot. To me, with the shadows and the angles, that cable head is to me is reminiscent of Kirby. See, I see a lot of Bagley in his work. I see a lot of Grummet. I see some Grummet, and I see, um... I'm trying to look at Anaconda back there and try to figure out who the hell I see there. You know, he did the uh, Ultimate Spider-Man Annual, number two. Yes. And it was really good. Was it? Yeah. Um, Well, it's kind of hard not to be good when you got the Punisher and Moon Knight in there. Which is why I was this close to ordering it. But for whatever reason, I I didn't. Maybe because I, I said, oh... Well, I'm already I'm already reading the Ultimates. That annual's got to be better than Ultimate Spider-Man annual. I guess I was wrong. Exiles '88, one of my favorite books. It's like getting What If every month. So what's different than like the What If from the '80s when you were getting What If every month? It's very different. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. You bastard. Yeah. <laughs> you walked into it. What yeah, can I tell you? I know. It's 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 an extreme extremely fun book. I mean, what's not to love about an army of wolverines? It's just it's 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 uh, a giddy embrace of the Marvel universe. That's all it is. And, and I've I've enjoyed uh, Paul's artwork for years, even when he was on X Mutants back at Malibu. Yeah, he's fantastic. And Negation's uh, Tony Bedard is a really really solid writer. Uh, I first noticed him when he was doing the cross gen stuff, and um, to tell you the truth, Negation was the top of the heap as far as I'm concerned that book was fantastic very cool yeah and Paul did work on that too huh scour those quarter bins for negation well worth it okay New Excalibur 13 with a cover by the the uh, Runaways new artist Michael Ryan looks Mm. like he's got some uh, Sal Bushima with the uh, (laughs) with the spit stream there the mark of greatness that's Uh, right um, not a huge fan of Jim Calafiore. In in fact, as much as I love um, Exiles, I won't buy it when he's on it. No kidding. Yeah, 
Incre- oh. Incredibly stiff. I like his stuff in Valiant at, when he was at Valiant, and I enjoyed. Um, I didn't think his issues on Black Panther were too bad. Yeah, I got. Uh, sorry, got no love for the guy. Okay. And which right. which which goes to show you, I am more penciler inker driven than I am writer uh, driven. I will buy a book with a bad writer and beautiful art quicker than I would buy a book that's written really really well. Oh, and okay. and not the best art team on it. All right. So then, when 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 me and Jim are going to the movies, we won't invite you. Okay. I will weep. Sorrowfully. Yeah. Copious tears. Um, <laughs> Uncanny X Men four eighty. Uh, a little tip: if you're not reading X Men, do so because Ed Brubaker's run has been really solid. Uh, he's taken the X-Men into space. I guess um, Mr. Vulcan has a, has a mad on for the Shi'ar after they um, did some nasty business to his mother. He, oh, okay. He, he wants uh, vengeance. and so he's, he's getting all Anakin on their ass. Yeah, and he's going to get it. So it looks like um, since uh, our little young gun, uh, Billy Tan, is the penciler for Uncanny X-Men. I, I, I'm guessing that Mr. Clayton Henry on the issues when Vulcan is uh, is involved in the story. Which is kind of a neat way to... Um, he's a fill-in artist, but not really a fill-in artist because he's actually doing the issues that involve a different part of the story. Right, different viewpoint. So I can kind of see that. Which is really cool when you think about it. It is. But since this is the cover, I can't, without seeing, you know, I don't know about his his style on the inside. Is it a contrast? Is it a nice fit with Billy Tan? Is it apples and oranges? No, it's not a jarring change. It's 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 not very subtle either. It's it's a different style. You you will recognize it as being a different style right off the bat. But in my opinion, it's a better style. So I welcome the uh, appearance of Clayton Henry. Okay. And uh, as far as that cover goes, all I have to do is see uh, Gladiator, and (laughs) and I get all giddy. And and there's one reason why, and that's John Byrne. John Byrne made me just go gaga over Gladiator. From uh, I got don't don't say Fantastic Four three forty nine two forty nine and two fifty. You betcha. (laughs) <laughs> that was a great two-parter. Oh my and the title, god! And the title of the second part of that, of issue two fifty, was what? I see you're going to make me remember titles. Two forty-nine was when Gladiator showed up, and then it led into two fifty, and that was pretty much when Thing and Gladiator fought. But I always remember because the cover said X Factor. Yeah, but I it don't. Was, it was, was two fifty because Burns' run was like two thirty-two to like two ninety-seven. So it was 249 and 250 that I remember Gladiator and the thing fighting. I remember the cover very well, but as far yeah. as, as far as the copy, next page. And I thought you would have said something like the death of the, the death of Dark Phoenix would have been the uh, would have been why you like John Byrne in the Gladiator. But hey, no, he he worked uh, a hell of a lot of magic on the Fantastic Four. Yes, he did. <laughs> Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does 
does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size. Catches seeds just like flies. Look out! Here comes the Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there, there goes the Spider-Man. In the chill of night, at the scene of a crime, like a streak of light, he arrives just in time. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Wealth and fame, he's ignored. Action is his reward to him. Life is a great big hang-up. Wherever there's a hang-up, you'll find the Spider-Man. next page wolverine 48 i'm loving this run I, I i really really enjoy what guggenheim's doing with this book and like i said umberto ramos is one of my favorite artists mm-hmm. fantastic stuff it looks like wolverine's hurting a little bit there well it looks like um according to the uh to the solicit they're basically telling you that um you know everything logan's been through over the past few months and I guess they're going to tell you how he's been able to survive everything he's been through over the past few months. So this this cover is, uh, I think, is is basically a reference to um, Nitro practically obliterating the man. Yeah, a couple issues back, Nitro went uh, kablooey on his ass and basically yes, he stripped him to the bone. As we've seen with Logan, you, you know, you don't count him out. No, definitely not. Yeah. And I'm going to gush a little bit right now, so bear with me. X-Factor 13, it, it, please pick up X-Factor if you're not already. It is an amazing book. Peter David is doing things with this title, and especially the Layla Miller character. That yeah. Oh, I mean, it is just a fantastic read. He, um, He's... Approaching this Layla Miller character, I want to say in a Grant Morrison type way, because he's he's. I mean, you're not quite sure if uh, Peter David is speaking through the, the 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 Layla Miller character because, as you know, she knows things, yes. and and how does she know things? You know, is she uh, she's omnipotent to the point where I almost get the impression that she knows she's a character in a work of fiction. It's <laughs> it, it's that grand see it's that Grand Morrison mind screw type thing that I'll tell you for two ninety nine there's not too many books that are a better read than this and with issue thirteen apparently it's uh, they say it's a jumping on point they kind of harken back to X Factor eighty seven which is where the team in that book all sat down individually with a psychiatrist. Wasn't that a the psychiatrist with Doc Sampson? Yep. Wasn't that a great issue? That was a great issue. Yeah. I mean, just the characters he's chosen for this book. Um, M from Generation X. Yeah. Uh, an amazingly um, unlikable character in most situations, but she has that that soft side that rarely comes out, but when it does, you almost feel for her. You know? Right. Um, we have Madrox. Yeah, which there's pretty much the possibilities with him are as infinite as uh, his duplicates. Yes. And, and it's so cool that um, P- 
Peter David has made each one have a unique personality. That is great. That is, it's just amazing. Siren, again, you know, a great character. Wolfsbane. I love Guido. Oh, Wolfsbane is great. Yeah. And Richter. Look at poor Richter. He's so sad. (laughs) Look at him. And there's that butterfly. There it is. See it from um, issue nine. I didn't read issue nine yet. I have it right here next to me. Eight, nine, and ten ready to go. Yeah, Layla Miller, and you know, it just shows you the the amount of skill Peter David has to take a character that I think Bendis mishandled in House of M and create this extremely likable, um, powerful, just engaging personality for this character. It's it's an amazing book. You want me to get a mop? I think I gushed a little bit too much. <laughs> Gushing is good. Um, again, I shouldn't gush, but I'm going to. X-Men 193, Mike Carey, fantastic writer, doing great things in Ultimate Fantastic Four. And one of my boys, Chris Piccolo. Oh, Young Gun. <laughs> oh, I think the horse is now tenderized, so <laughs> y- 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 you can let that go. But we're not done with the previews yet. Come on, there's still got to be some more young guns in here. I love this image. This is great stuff. And I think what I like best about it is you get the, the, the faintest hint that Iceman, look at the top of the page, yeah, is yeah, coming yeah. down from the front. So you, you, the depth of field in this thing is, is pretty cool. I, I like how... Um, Sabretooth looks badass. Oh, yeah. I, I, I like how, if you're reading um, X-Men, Carrie has set up a threat that would make Sabretooth scared. So, Ooh. yeah, if take it from there. Bacalo almost has a, I don't even know if, if this is a right word, but a Sterankoian take on the covers and the inside art. He, he uses... The, the title graphics as part of the image. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah I saw that with the... Uh, yeah, just like uh, Steranko did. Mystique cover. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the next issue's cover with Cable uh, in the foreground uses the X-Men logo, but it looks like it's got this circus thing going on, and it looks like there's, you know... St- it, very cool. Very cool. I mean, he's not content to just slap the logo on the book. He'll actually go the extra mile. Yeah. I like that very book a cool. lot. And we have Hellstorm, Son of Satan. And I have to say, of all the takeoffs on American Gothic, that's probably one of the better ones. <laughs> that abomination that they recently ran on She-Hulk. Oh, yeah. That Greg Horn did. Oh, I wanted to claw my eyes out. <laughs> it, you know, and, and we're in the comic shop, and, uh, you know... There's the banter going on, and, and I happen to say, oh, good God, look at that cover. And uh, the comic shop owner goes, well, what's it supposed to be? It's on a She-Hulk book. Yeah, but it's still a piece of art, you know? Right, right, right. The confines of those four edges, you know, there should be some, if it's art, let it act like art. This is not art. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. It is art. It's just not the kind of art I want to look at. I mean, what is it? Uh, Greg, a prerequisite? Do you have to have that name to be a, a shitty artist on a on a comic book? <laughs> There's an exception to the rule, though. Greg Irons. Greg Irons was an underground uh, comics artist who had a f- an amazing uh, style, a bit like Tom Sutton. Oh, the, the, okay. the guy was incredible. He did um, uh, Slow Death, 
uh, Frederick Wortham's comics and stories. He he was he was steeped in the other ground, underground. Very good artist, but I, I I got no love for Greg Horn either. I'm that, getting that feeling. Then that, that neon green She-Hulk has got to go, baby. Um, okay, okay. So look look at how Maury colors the She-Hulk. That's how you should do it. Fleshy one designate Thomas Taters. Code name Monkey Boy. Begin. Well, my f- my favorite um, Marvel comic book when I was a kid was The New Mutants. Uh, up until when they killed Cipher, and then that was. I couldn't stand it anymore after that. I always resented everything. And I was really happy when Cable came along and directed that book. And the reason I loved Cypher is because he was pretty much like what I was like as a kid. I could get talked into doing anything by anybody. And I would just do really stupid shit. And I had no actual redeemable qualities. Like, you know, I had pretty much the social equivalent of being able to speak any language. Like, when you're surrounded with people that get super strength from the sun if you're turning into a werewolf. So, and as I've gotten older, I've recognized that I also can get tricked by attractive women into getting drunk, much like Cypher did that one time. So, and my current favorite one is actually an old one that I've been picking up in quarter bits, and that's uh, Marvel 2 and 1 because I get to read about the thin meaning American Eagle and other such characters, and I love that sort of goofy stuff, so that's it. I'm surprised you guys are doing a second podcast. Shocking. That's, I'm, yeah, I'm done. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> Tom Cater's straight edge. You're completely sober. <laughs> Next up, we have Zombie by Mike Rach and Kyle Hotz. And uh, if there was ever a standard bearer for um, the Bernie Wrightson technique, it'd have to be good old Kyle. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's the guy. I love the guy's work. And uh, um, from the back in the days of the Ultraverse when he did uh, Rune and that... Um, he did Ad- Nightman for a little while. Yeah, and that Adam Warlock... Uh, when they started mixing universes there, that was good stuff. He does do... I, I, I like his take on, on the superhero stuff, but he... Um, I was reading the first couple issues of The Hood that I have to finish, the Max Mini, written by uh, Brian, Brian K. Vaughn. Even though like the first the first full issue, there isn't much going on superhero-wise, hardly anything. It's, it's mostly kind of... There are a couple of scenes as far as supernatural goes, but I, I like how he... Um, he really does that good... like human element just you know no no flashy superhero no tights no capes and and you know as far as his first issue goes and just kind of you know the way he illustrates just like i said the human element it 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 really is nice and and you're so on about the uh the rights and uh reference yeah and uh, there's another guy um working down the street who has a similar style to to kyle that justiniano Oh, okay, right. He's yeah. doing uh, the creeper right now, right? Mm-hmm. Good, okay, good stuff. And I'm a little bit torn on this next one, this wisdom miniseries. Yeah, I mean the the art is is um, the last time I really focused on uh, on Trevor Hairsign's uh, art. I think it was on the Marvel Ultimate Universe mini, uh, the six, which I think was basically a um, 
a uni- uh, an ultimate universe retelling of uh, the Sinister Six, Spider-Man's old foes, and um, I like the artwork in that. I believe he also had a a, a, um, a stab at a few of the issues from the Warren Ellis Ultimate trilogy that I mentioned in the in the first episode, and that had a few different artists, and uh, and and Hairsign's work was good in that too. I am, you know, it the cover looks neat, um, but I know very little. And this woman over here with in, in this uh in this splash page looks like she's she's definitely seen better days. But I I I haven't I haven't decided yet. I, I think I still have uh, a week or two before I decide to to say, Okay, you know what, I'm I'm gonna go for it. I'll probably order this one through D C B S. Yeah, I had to take a wait and see approach on this one. Uh I'll I'll look at it at the at the local comic store, but uh from what I could tell it looks like a little bit of a a Warren Ellis slant to it. Which is cool because Ellis wrote Wisdom very well back in the day. And um, the art, like you said, the art's really sharp. Yeah. There's yeah, yeah. there's a lot of Val Merrick in those uh, fairies. Yes, yes there is. Yeah. Um, the uh, And it's... Yeah, one of the creators is, is basically you know from that trend we see so much of. And apparently um, Paul Cornell, who's a Hugo Award nominee also wrote um doctor who and robin hood for the bbc so um you know we'll see how uh how well he he writes the funny books as opposed to uh what uh what lets him pay to rent that that new doctor who kicks ass yes it does the few episodes i've seen of it is, is really sharp unbelievable and um now we're on to probably um a book that i'm the most excited about uh ed brubaker and sean phillips criminal i cannot i cannot wait to get this first issue yeah i read the preview in the walking dead oh so good you know i think even if even if this book was even if i constantly ordered this book and it just kept piling up in my to read pile and i it's like seven or eight months later and i still haven't read it yet i'd still be ordering this book it just it it excites me that much it's almost like i'm salivating to to get to this I won't do that. No, because then the pages get ruined. <laughs> well, that's what I did with Sleeper. I let the first 12 build up before I read it. Okay. And and it, I think I was better off because uh, I, I like to look at, at works as a whole rather than in chunks. And let's okay. let's be honest. We read so many damn comics that it's kind of hard to remember important facts and stuff from the previous month. So when you read them in, a, in, a, in one lump, you get a, more of an appreciation of what the author was trying to do. That's and uh, Brubaker, I think, needs to be, you know, digested like that. But don't wait for the trade on this one. No, 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 no. Don't do that because uh, it's very important that you buy the monthlies because if you wait for the trade, there may never be a trade. Right. And then you'll be SOL. So. Right. As uh, as as Ed mentioned in uh, in the Around Comics interview, basically he he and Sean are just um, kind of letting themselves go hungry so they can get this book out there and um, and as soon as. Uh, that basically you buy it, they get paid, and everybody's happy. So, um, no, you can read it like the trade by all means. Go ahead and buy them, and let let, let a few months pass before you dig in. But uh, do them a favor, and if, if if you're a fan of either either creator, then um, you know get get the book every month. Thirty two pages, no ads, too. For nice t- for two ninety nine. Show me a better value. I bet you can't do it. Nope, nope, nope. nope. Flip the page, and you'll get a book that's so close to my heart. Jack Kirby's Galactic Bounty Hunters. I love it. 
Is it, is it good? I meant to ask you, you know, what your uh, what your take is on it. Well, I've taken a little bit of heat for liking this book from uh, Around Comics, Chris Neesman, you know, and I have oh, really, to, yeah, you got to expect that. And uh, I have to admit, it's goofy, it's campy, but damn, if it doesn't capture the flavor of Kirby's late period stuff, that's it, great. Yeah, it's it's really good, and and they've adopted the. Uh, the chapter method that Jack used to do, where each chapter had a different title and, and uh, lead-in texts that went along with it, and the double-page spreads that Jack was so fond of, and the very cool. It, it's just so much fun. It's one of those books where you can, you know, lean your ass back and just you don't have to think. It's like Star Wars. Okay. And we're okay. we're probably going to take a couple of hits for that, but so what? But um, hey, you know, then then it's 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 high praise indeed. Although, and not to get off track on that, um, it's it's kind of hard for me to take if if you have something campy that you're enjoying. If this is like your guilty pleasure, like I guess I'll say Punisher is mine. Um, if this is your guilty pleasure, then I I really don't want to hear any lip. For Mr. Neesman, since he bought Witchblade for the first 100 issues, <laughs> so you know I'll take my Jack Kirby over my Witchblade. Yeah, and some of the the uh, pages in the book are actually done by Kirby. That's great. Yeah, they 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 sneak them in because um, Mike Thibodeau and Carl, Carl Kessel they're working in the Kirby style, so it's right. it's not very jarring when um, Jack does do a page. And uh, he's like L. Ron Hubbard. He, he's doing comic pages from the grave. <laughs> yeah. Or like Tupac. It, it's a lot of fun. It, it really is. Like the big guy's name is Slug with two Gs. Nice. You okay. Know, yeah, that's a Kirby thing. Yeah. The the it, it's it's a whole bunch of fun. And um, if you're looking for some light reading, just an enjoyable uh, superhero romp, then that's the book. Excellent. <laughs> Alright Matt, how are you enjoying your time on Comic Tommy so far? Uh, I mean it's pretty good man, I gotta say, I, uh, I don't think it was really that hard to find somebody to replace Price, but... Well, yeah, no, you're pretty right about that. I mean, to tell, to tell you the truth already, uh, I've been having so much e- easier time editing these episodes now that that guy is gone, you know. All, no more awkward pauses and silent praises and all that. It, it's, it's so much easier these days. Yeah, let me tell you, you, know, you sleep with the guy, you get to know him. And uh, Chicago, he was, you know, all over the place. Matt, I don't want to know. I, I, well, ser- seriously, man, this, this is information that I really didn't need to know in my life. Well, you know what they say, don't ask, don't tell. I, I guess so, I guess so. So we're, we're learning a lot about David Price already in my life, and more than I ever truly needed to know, and, and more about Matt, too, so there we go. <laughs> you, you, have you listened to his new podcast yet, buddy? Or? Um, you know what, there's only so many hours in the day. Okay. You, know, after, um, you know, after Raging Bullets and Tom Geek Speak and... Uh, you know, maybe around comics. I'm pretty much podcasted out. Oh, okay, so you have no time for dinner. Uh, well, I, cutting out price from uh, my podcasting life basically, you know, frees me up about ten hours of audio per week. That works actually, yeah. Since you know, he is everywhere. I mean, he's like he's like God. The dude is like, like he's in more places at once than like freaking uh, like 
Bush. You know, Bush is in a new country every single week. Well, David Price is on a new podcast every single week, so it makes sense. True enough. All right. Enjoy enjoy your podcast, you dumbass. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Now, how about just for the sake of getting a Marvel Previews episode in under four hours, we uh, jump ahead a little bit to the graphic novel section. And why don't you pick the must-have book out of this uh, November's um, array of books, and I'll pick my must-have book. Well, it is. It's it's not real easy for me because um, I was thinking about... Um, I, I was looking at the Shane of the She-Devil trade, but I do believe that that's available in hardcover, so that's not really a new, a new item. Um, Fury Peacemaker sounded interesting in the beginning, and, and, and I'm a fan of Derek Robertson, but... Uh, and to bring his name up again, Chris Neesman said it wasn't, um, it wasn't Enos's most brilliant hour, so I, I'm going to wait on that. However, um, the item that I do believe I am really going to hunker down and get... Um, will be the new X-Men Omnibus hardcover, which is uh, basically the Grant Morrison run featuring, um, for collecting, new X-Men 114 to 154, as well as annual 2001. And the um, the art lineup on this, as far as pencilers go, uh, you got Frank Quietly, you got uh, Ethan Van Skyver, uh, Igor Corday, Tom Derenick, John Paul Leon, Phil Jimenez, Kieran Grant, Chris Piccolo, Mark Silvestri and uh, Lino Francis Yu, who, you know, a bunch of these names we've, we've mentioned throughout this episode already. Uh, but I, I really have only thumbed through an issue or two of, uh, of Morrison's new X-Men run. I, um, you know, as far as Emma Frost being on the team and, and, and the, the feline-looking beast, uh, the whole Cassandra Nova character, I, I know very little about and and that was probably the only thing that was a little confusing to me in uh Whedon and uh Cassidy's astonishing X-Men run was is is seeing Miss Nova in the series I have no idea really who she is I'm really looking forward to sitting down and uh and and reading this run I've I've heard a lot I've heard a lot of really great things about it you know conversely you're going to hear some bad that didn't float everybody's boat which is fine um and I and and the people that I've heard from that aren't real keen on it, I respect their opinions as well. So I, I you know, it might seem like a lot for me to just say, okay, you know what, I'm going to get this whole hunking piece of work, and you know, then I'll decide whether I like it or not. That might sound a little crazy, but um, compared to Astonishing X Men, is really the only X Men book I'm reading right now. I'm reading X Factor as well, but I don't consider that an X-Men book. It, it's an X-Book, it's a mutant book, but it's not really a, an X-Men book as far as the others go. And it's, it's been so long since I read an X-Men title that, um, you know, I, I really I really don't see me disliking, even if even if there's some things going on in there that I'm not real thrilled with, I don't see me disliking this run. So I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic and I'm really looking forward to it. I will say this um, book is going to be one hell of a wild ride for you. Okay. It's it begins with the destruction of Genosha, and it just it just snowballs from there. It's 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 typical Grant Morrison, um, super inventive uh, situations. I mean, there's one part which won't give anything away where two unborn children are fighting in the womb. 
It, oh, I think I heard about that. Yeah, it's 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 an amazing, amazing run. It does get a little bit questionable towards the end. You know, if you invest a little bit of time into it, it'll pay off. It it's it's it, it's really good. But and then Marvel has been seemingly going out of their way to retcon all this stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I can't say without giving any of it away. So just read okay. it. I'm I'm very interested to hear what you're going to say about this. I loved it. I thought it was uh, well. I'm a Morrison freak, so. Oh, you're half right. But yeah, the, um, <laughs> I think the only thing that might be that might take me back a little bit is the knowing the artists involved in this and knowing some of their styles. It might be a little jarring for me to go from like quietly to Vance Skyver to to John Paul Leone, whose work I've seen. In, in so many other places, and then little you and it, you know, everybody here that's listed seems to have their own distinct style. So I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not worrying about it yet. But I'm, I, that might be the only thing that I'm just a little concerned about is the maybe the inconsistency of the look of the book. Yeah, I don't think that'll be an issue. Okay. Yeah, you'll dig it. Cool. And your pick, sir. Oh, it was very difficult for me. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, because I mean, you know me. I'm a I'm a Kirby fanatic, and I could have gone with the masterwork of Thor. Uh, there's a Captain America and Falcon. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think there's two of them, isn't there? Right, one's an essential, but oh, uh, one's okay. Right. Yeah, the the swine trade. I could have went with that. I'm. I mean, Grant Morrison is probably my favorite writer. I was gonna go with the the omnibus, but. You know, I have to buckle under my loves, and I do love the man thing. So, <laughs> you know, you dangle a man thing in front of my face, and and I, and I just jump. I'm I'm a, I'm a sucker for the man thing. Um, when I have a man thing in my hands, you know, everything's right with the world. I, in all seriousness, though, <laughs> I, I have to say, this this book is 544 pages. Yeah, I'm talking about the essential man thing. And no hyperbole, no exaggeration. This book contains the best art and writing to come out of Marvel in the 70s. I'm looking at this. Gray Morrow, John Bushima, Neil Adams. Yeah. Plug, Sutton. Oh, Sutton. Yeah. Um, and I, I think the, the story that from um, Savage Tales number one, the origin of man thing, Mm-hmm. Drawn by Gray Morrow, uh, I think it was it was written by Roy Thomas and Jerry Conway. That story alone is worth the cover price of this book. No kidding. Yeah, Gray Morrow, he was um, one of the founders of that uh, gritty, dirt under the fingernails kind of aesthetic that you know spawned uh, Sinkevich, Bisset and Totalben, and Felix Maz and and. Uh, Vicente Alcazar, who did that awesome Shrek uh, series for um, that ran in the pages of Erie magazine, that just that that gritty, um, very expressionistic art. I mean, when Ted Salas is is going through the the transformation, you feel the pain that this guy is going through. It's just unbelievable art. And uh, Gray Morrow went on to do um, Space nineteen ninety nine from. Uh, Charlton's uh, comics. Oh wow! Yeah, an amazing series. This book, you know, I I can't stress enough. Look at the lineup, 
if if there was a better team in the seventies than Steve Gerber and Mike Peluga, I don't know about it. You got Shaken, Starlin, Merrick, Sutton, Jansen, uh, Alfredo Alcala. I mean, this is a no-brainer. Yeah. Pick. You got to buy this book. You are, you and and a cover. Your man thing. And a cover by Frank Bruner. Yeah. Look yeah, at that. I noticed that. Like I said before in the first episode, Steve Gerber is my uh, Alan Moore for Marvel. The the guy is a, an incredible, incredible talent. And uh, I think the man thing was his best work. So okay. a, a testament to the Bronze Age, you got to get this. So, so you want everybody to hop to it and jump on Vince's man thing? My man thing is a little lonely, you know. <laughs> it does, well, maybe I, not I, after this episode. I don't get to take my man thing out much. So. <laughs> Tom, oh, Cate, man. Tom Caters wanted to see my man thing in Chicago. I wouldn't let him. Well, see now, okay, all right now. But if you showed, if you showed Sal your man thing, he probably would have proposed to you instead of Paul Jenkins. Oh, Sal's too much man for me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're done. We finished the Marvel we previews. Finished. Oh, I bet you there's a collective sigh of relief from everybody who listens to this freaking podcast. Oh, thank but I, God! I, I wonder how many people wanted to know if we were going to get this incredible Hulk Michael Turner cover uh, poster, which is probably the cover to the variant issue. I love it when my hero's fist is as big as my head, or bigger. I was taught that if you don't have anything nice to say... You're right. Well, we got uh, two episodes in the can, and as you might expect, there was a little bit of comment sent our way by our listeners. Most of... We've had a lot of... um, We've had some... We've had a lot of good. Yeah. And and, and a couple of bad. And and before we get to the letters, as far as... um, Everybody can send a comment either to bullpenboltons at gmail.com or through our contact us page on the website, bullpenboltonspodcast.com. And as far as the website goes, there is a forum. And I do want to give a huge thanks to folks like Chris Chavez, Equinox, and and Darth Kramer, Matt, on the board who um, seem to be there constantly. Um, posting and just going crazy and, and uh, now we finally got Braxton over there so all's right in the world uh, Brian Bowles has, has been by we have we have Sal and Chris and, and it, it it really is becoming a, a nice place and the comments from everybody that's there have been have been helpful and have been uh, overall really positive Mr. Caters hasn't graced us with his presence he did initially because oh. I believe he, he posted in the monkey room well I think that's pretty appropriate, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, the, the website's really taken off. We're having a lot of fun with it. And, uh, you know, David said his thanks. I want to thank everybody, too, for, you know, signing up. It, 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 nothing better than a, a forum to just bullshit about comic books. That yeah. makes my day go by. Even with Marty. Yeah, we can't forget my buddy Marty. No, no, no. God bless him. Marty D. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, and David and I discussed reading the emails on the show, and I thought it would be a good idea to just trim all the positive ones and just read the the negative because uh, I know myself as a listener to uh, a lot of podcasts. uh, Positive emails, you know, praise, that just bores me. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear the dirt. I want to, you know... Controversy—that's what I'm all about. So, okay. um, 
we do have uh, a fairly negative one. Well, it's a lot more than fairly negative. It's pre- it's pretty negative. <laughs> yeah. From uh, I, th- I think he made his point. Yeah, from a listener who goes by the name of Crash, and uh, he sent this to the uh, Gmail address, and Crash says, "I just got finished listening to the first half of episode two, and I have one big criticism." I don't like the way you seem to go out of your way not to recognize DC Comics by name. You say the company down the way, the other company, and the old distinguished competition among others. Why can't you just sack up and call DC Comics DC Comics? Now, I'm a DC fan at heart, but I do get some Marvel books here and there, like Daredevil and Squad and Supreme, just to name two. I listen to the Raging Bullets podcast on a regular basis. And this is me. You all should. It's a good show. Absolutely. And it was because of them that I thought of giving you a try. I initially had questions about Civil War and thought to ask you about them, but then I listened to your podcast. I just can't see why you just don't call a spade a spade and give credit where credit's due. The Raging Bullets guys, when they reference a Marvel character or a Marvel title, they say it's a Marvel title. But when you guys reference a DC character or title, you use euphemism for the company like you're afraid to say its name aloud or it'll infect you with something. You're like children. Grow some balls, why don't you? Or do you want to continue to be adolescents and treat DC as a company like some great boogeyman you can't mention aloud, like the Candyman or Voldemort from Harry Potter? I really don't care. I'm probably not going to continue to listen past episode 3. I'm going to skip 2B, if this keeps up. Just grow up, guys. Crash. And then he's got a little PS at the end. The Man-Thing radio dramas? You might want to lose that, too. It interrupts the free flow of discussion and really serves no purpose here. If you want to keep it, serialize it and make it its own podcast. And that was from our buddy Crash. Well, to address the first part, why we don't mention DC by name, is because uh, if you're familiar with the columns from which we took our name, Stan's Bullpen Bulletin columns from back in the day, Stan never mentioned DC by name. That was just his style. He would, he would call them the distinguished competition, you know, the boys down the road, the other guys. That's just the way Stan did it. So uh, and this is something David and I talked about before we started the podcast. We, uh, I thought it was, would be a good idea to keep that flavor of the bullpen bulletin's column and do it the way Stan did it. You know, I, I have nothing against DC. That's just, that's just the way Stan did it. And if you look at all the bullpen bulletin columns... Up to a certain point, like I said, Stan never mentioned them. But once they did the uh, Superman, Spider-Man, uh, he would call them by name because, I mean, they were working with them at that point. They had to mention them right. by name. But, no, it's 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 not a slight towards DC. It's, it's it, friendly ribbing. Yeah, it's not. A, and that's what it was all about. That stands. I mean, the guy was is a carnival barker for Marvel you would never mention the competition because if you're promoting a product and as far as you're concerned there is no competition so to call them out by name would be to alert a reader that hey kids there's something else out there you know what i mean but it's it's not a, a dig at dc it's just the way the man did it so that's how we do it um but it, he's, he's he's not going to hear this because he's not going he's going to skip 2b he said well that's okay but, I mean, if he did a little bit of research, he would know. See, that's the thing. Research. Take the training wheels off the brain, you know, and, and, and find your way. But 
as far as the man thing, radio dramas go, it wasn't a radio drama. It was a Power Records release, and there was only one of them, which you heard in its entirety in that episode. So we can't, uh, you know, I'm. it pains me to say it, I can't play any more man thing for you because there is none. Maybe David and I will do a little uh, skit ourselves. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'll be man thing. <laughs> he doesn't talk, so that's pretty good for you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that part nailed. Yeah. So what do you got? You got one? Oh, I have... An iTunes review, and by all means, folks, if, if you do listen through iTunes, if, if, if you want to take the time out, um, apparently, uh, when you do an iTunes review, you can, um, it can be checked off as to whether or not someone found this particular review helpful or not. So if, um, if someone says something in a review and like four out of five people found it helpful, there might be something in there that you might be interested in. So if you can also leave a review... That might help other people. By all means, do it. You know, no, no one has to do anything. Just uh, if you're there, if if we say something you like, or if we say something you don't like, then let us know. Because apparently, um, we have two people that um, that gave us two stars, and um, one of them says uh, podcast needs work. And uh, I believe it's by Holy Hitman. I can't tell because the um, the name gets chopped off at the end, but. This person says that we try too hard to be raging bullets, but is kind of cheesy. I'll stick around of a couple podcasts and see how it works. So, okay, you know, he's going to stick with us, or she's going to stick with us, and and see how we go. Um, and I'll, um, I think we'll comment on the first part of that afterwards, as far as comparing us to, to raging bullets. And. Um, and this one is uh, this one's titled "Skip This Podcast," and uh, and apparently uh, this person also decided to skip their name because th- this one's by anonymous. Uh, anonymous states, maybe they just haven't found a good chemistry yet. But this podcast left me terribly disappointed. A podcast devoted to Marvel fans is a surprisingly novel idea, but this misses on so many levels. Vince is pretty entertaining but the interaction between him and David is really boring. And if David is going to participate in a Marvel podcast, he should try reading some books currently being published. Listen to them going over current books you'll hear, I haven't read that yet, about 20 times. The conceit of using the Stan bullpen vernacular is a cute hook, but if you want something a little more up-to-date than musings over the masterful style of Herb Trimpey, I'd go elsewhere. I, I like his little uh, stand alliteration there towards the end with the musings over a master for style. Um, i trying to um, find a response to this. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry if I'm boring. I, I'm sorry if uh, if whatever I'm doing is boring, if it's my voice, if it's my breathing, if it's the way I'm, I'm coming across, you know, anonymous. I, I, you know, I wish there was something I could do about that. Um I'm pretty sure I'm up to date on a, on a couple of Marvel titles being published, but um, you know uh, there are a couple of items that I have not gotten to yet, and, and that could be for a variety of things. Um, but I'm kind and, of entertaining. Yes, yes, you so. are. Which and and that's see that's another understatement because I wouldn't say you're kind of actually no. He says Vince is pretty entertaining. Oh, I'm so pretty. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yes, Vince is pretty. So and, I got and, I got no problems with this review. So you just go along and take the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Well, damn it! I like talking about Herb Trimpey. Actually, yeah. what the um, 
Yeah, in, in your defense, no one person can read everything. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm a, a big Marvel fan. I don't read everything they put out. I mean, let's be honest. I'm I'm just getting into Runaways for God's sake. Talking about missing the train on that one. And and uh, and okay, so that's fine because I'll I'll just use this quote here. I haven't read that yet. However, I have been reading Astonishing X Men. Another. Vince, what do you think of Astonishing X Men? Well, you know, see, I, ca- I really can't tell you that because I haven't read it. I, and that's that's sort of a lie because thanks to the uh, the luxury of the pause button, this episode was not recorded in the same day. Uh, so today is Wednesday, and I bought the Astonishing X Men hardcover and issues thirteen to sixteen. So I I will get up to snuff on it. I'm a, I'm up to the part where uh, Kitty f- encounters a long lost friend, and I gotta say, this book is is kicking my ass. That that is a scene uh, I will never ever forget. It's so powerful. But anyway, I don't want to get this this. Uh... But yeah, well, I, I I think as far as us going over the musing over the masterful styles of uh, of of any particular artist, um, if this is based on our first episode, I I'm pretty sure we made it clear that it was a. Um, an introductory episode. It was getting people to know who we are, uh, letting them know why we did this, why we're doing this, um, why we think we, we can do this or pull it off, um, whose blessings we have. Um, you know, we, we, we weren't exactly going to hit the record button in the first episode and talk about the, uh, the big, you know, Planet Hulk or, uh, or, you know, Brew Baker's Captain America right out the gate. People know that these are all great reads anyway. I think people should know who we are because if people don't know who we are, they're really not going to care what we have to say. I like musing on the masterful styles of Herb Trimpey. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm going to continue to do that. You know, there's a you can just adjust the slider in iTunes if you don't want to listen to me about it. But um, I think that's part of it to, uh, you know, dig up the work of these. Uh, veteran creators and and gush because a lot of the kids today they don't they're not familiar with herb trimpey and and god forbid jack kirby and uh, tom sutton there's a lot of very very good work out there that goes unseen and uh i think the essentials are are that, that that whole line is 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 taking you know steps in the right direction to change that but you know, it's not going to happen overnight. And if I could uh, get a, a guy out there to check out Herb Trampy's work who's never seen it before, chew, I'll do it. Hell yeah. You Hell bet. yeah. The, um, yeah, I, like you said, the essentials are a great place for that. If, if uh, you know, anybody, like I said, anybody can go into the store and pick up Annihilation or pick up you know, any of, uh, pick up Squadron Supreme. Or pick up New Avengers and read that, or Ultimate Spider-Man, and know who Bendis and Bagley are. But before, people might not. There might be a few people out there that aren't aware that Todd McFarlane worked for someone else other than himself, and being published by Image Comics. Even before Todd worked at Marvel, there were a bunch of other artists and creators that worked at Marvel, and uh, you know. Yet we are going to talk about them. We'll probably occasionally spotlight them because that's who was working at the company when we were reading them and growing up. So excuse me if I wax nostalgia occasionally yeah. and uh, 
and just want to um, you know, let everybody else know what uh, what I was feeling back then. I think one thing you're sure of um, when you listen to uh, this podcast is I I have no filter. I don't hold back anything. Uh, I don't adjust my comments based on you know people in earshot. I, I really don't care. What you get when you get me is me. And I'm not going to tailor my, my commentary to a, a certain group of people. So if I tick people off or they don't think I'm doing it the right way, you know, you'll have it. It's such is life. But enough of this. Let's, uh, let's give a little bit of thanks here. I want to uh, extend a big old bear hug to the guys that are around comics for uh, being so enthusiastic about this, uh, this here little old podcast and plugging us on their show. Um, let's see. Bruce Rosenberger, Sean and Jim at Raising, Raging Bullets. Um, you knew, there was more, right? There's, uh, let's see, Comicology. Neil Gorman, who, uh, who took a few minutes out of, uh, out of his episode last Friday. It was, uh, it was one of his uh, Daily Bugle Project episodes where he uh, kind of does a five, ten minute short and... Um, just kind of hits on some news items, things like that, and he mentioned the show and um, and pretty much prodded a few people uh, to, uh, to check us out and send them our way. We can't forget the comic Geek Speak guys, Peter Rios and company. They gave Not us at all. yeah, they gave us a little plug, and I thanked them for that. Absolutely, Chris Marshall at Collect the Comics Library. He um, he gave us a, a little plug in episode eighty five last week. Um, mentioned us and uh and and we appreciate that and he has a a great show i mean we're just like sean and jim focus on dc and we're focusing on marvel chris uh focuses on all things collected if it's a trade paperback if it's a hardcover if it's an archive a masterwork an essential a showcase he's uh he's your man he um his his site is also extremely informative i mean he He's a fountain of information, and you get a lot out of his show. But but if you visit his site and you have a question, or you just want to find out a tape, the table of contents, for example, of uh, of the Superman you know, cover to cover, hardcover, or Batman in the '60s. I mean, you know, he's just got tons of information for you to pour through. Oh yeah, great show. Well, I guess that's it. Right? I think so. Yeah, I, I do. I uh, we talked about previews at least for this month. Um, I have a feeling those those three weeks are going to come up real soon because uh, we'll be doing this again next month, won't we? Yeah, it's going to be a monthly thing. So uh, you should, and, and I don't think it's going to be four hours next time. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to trim it down um, to just the pertinent details and not every single book in the in the damn catalog. We just wanted to, you know, we're we're testing the waters ourselves. So uh, it, it'll be it'll be a a, a tighter, sleeker machine next time and uh and we'll be back next week with another episode and again it'll be more in tune with what we try to do with the show it'll be a more manageable size and you know it'll be a hell of a lot of fun bring the cookies and um maybe i'll i'll uh talk more about my man thing so oh could you yes everybody who posts on our forum will be entered into a contest to receive a free 8x10 of my man thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's color, color photo. You know, it, it's, it, it does it justice. It, it's a beautiful man thing. Have I said is man it, thing is, enough? Is, is, is it 8x10? Is that, how much is that blown up? Oh, I have, a, I have an 18x24 
uh, version of it, but that's just overkill. I mean, nobody wants a a giant sized man thing. You know. I could use it as a <laughs> I could use it as a sun visor. <laughs> there you go. But uh, so thanks for listening from uh, Vince B and from me, David. Yeah, and uh, we'll see you next week.